You're about to hear a podcast recorded before our rebrand, so you might hear us mention our previous brand name, We Are Radical, or our original podcast name, The Radicalist. We're still the same show with the same hosts on the same mission. And if you'd like to find out how we got here, you'll find our journey on the stories page of obuinvest.com. Hello and welcome to the Radicalist podcast, where we have frank conversations with fierce women founders. This is the podcast about not settling, full of honest conversations with women who wanted to build their own businesses and did. If you're making the tough but incredible decision to start up, sustain or scale your own business, we've got you because we're a podcast by, for and about women who do exactly that. Women looking that leap in the eye, women taking their first steps as founders, women with stories about the journeys they've been on, the hacks that have helped and everything they've seen along the way. Women like us, women like you. We're Sarah King and Claire Dunn. And we're the founders of We Are Radical, and this is The Radicalist Podcast. Today, in our first full episode, we've chosen as our guest, Laura Johnson, co-founder at Zebedee. Zebedee is a brilliant and necessary organisation that we really admire, a global talent agency for disabled and visibly different models, actors and influencers. Zebedee is one of those business ideas that makes so much sense, and when you hear about it, you'll be amazed that it didn't exist in the world until now. During today's episode, you'll hear how Laura and her co-founder went for a walk on a beach and how that inspired their business idea. You'll also hear about why they're so passionate about creating change in the world and how they went from their previous careers as a social worker and a teacher to building a globally recognised business. This conversation with Laura really brings to life why diversity and inclusion is just so important and why starting a business with such a clear purpose acts as fuel for the rollercoaster ride of growing your own business. So can you take us back to when you had the spark of the idea for your business? What were you both doing And what was it that inspired you to make the leap into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so Zebedee was launched by myself and my sister-in-law, Zoe. And we're really good friends as well as being sister-in-laws. And so I'm a social worker by background um, and I was on maternity leave. And Zoe's a performing arts teacher for people with learning disabilities. And she'd left teaching and then set up her own performing arts group. So I'd gone to visit her one day and we were just having a walk and a chat and we were talking about her students and the people that I worked with and the lack of opportunities for them in the media, in TV, film, fashion. And we were just having a good old moan. I'd seen a social media post um, from an agency looking for children with disabilities for a specific job and and I told Zoe about it and I told her to put her guys forward and I was asking her did you hear anything back from that and she's like no no didn't hear anything we talked about how there were no agencies really representing people with disabilities there was nobody advocating for people there was like there was just really no opportunity at all and literally it was a light bulb moment it was like oh do you know if nobody's doing this, should we do it? And literally, as those words came out of our mouth, like we knew that we were going to do it. Like it was just, we didn't, I guess like a lot of people you speak to might say you do 
write a business plan, you do some market research, you like worked in the industry maybe before. We had done none of that. and But we just knew, like this was 2017. If nobody else is doing this, like how is that possible in 2017 that nobody is advocating for disabled people to be represented? Then we need to do it and we need to put everything into it. And I guess like we knew Zoe's students were really able and brilliant and would do an excellent job. Um, So we knew, first of all, that we already had some talent to join our books. Then we kind of got back from the walk and Googled, like, actually, is anyone doing this? Because we just thought there wasn't anyone doing it. And there there really wasn't anybody, like, pushing what we wanted to do, which was, like, fashion, modelling, beauty. There wasn't really anybody doing that. So it was like, okay, then let's sign up to Company's House and let's get going. Um, and we and we did. <laughs> yeah. And was it that quick? Was it was it a? It's a walk on the beach. We agreed to doing it. Quick Google search to validate. There's nothing else out there. Okay, let's go. Yeah, it was like within between hours and days. <laughs> I have no idea. Like what? But it was really really quick. Like we got home. So we were like, we've had this great idea. You know, we're going to do this. And I think everyone's like, right. what? Yeah. Where did yeah, this yeah. come from? Like. But then we were both very lucky because obviously I was, like I said, I was on maternity leave. Zoe was not working full time. She was doing her performing Mm. arts class in evenings. But so we both had like time to start developing it. Like our first step was that we knew we had to get some really great talent on our books. So it was like reaching out to disability groups and trying to organise shoots, develop our website and get everything ready for when we did start liaising with clients and trying to get the bookings in. So we had a brilliant portfolio to show to them. So that switch, that kind of like step change from, and particularly for you, so I know that you were on mat leave, but still from like an employed role into entrepreneurship. Did that take like any like mental effort to get into that place? Or did that just feel really natural? Well, for me, it felt really natural. Like, I, I guess like I've grown up, my dad's self-employed. He's always been self-employed. My mum's been self-employed for our life. Like, I grew up in um, a bed and breakfast guest house and hotels and pubs and that sort of thing. So like to me, it was it felt quite natural. And then before I was a social worker, I'd worked in business, like I'd worked in recruitment and done management and that sort of thing. So like, it didn't really feel that scary, to be honest. It's tricky, isn't it? Like, you know, I would say to everybody, like, give it, a, you know, running your own business business is brilliant. It's hard work. It's exhausting, but it's brilliant. If you've got the, the hardest thing is the idea. Yes. If you've got a, a really brilliant idea and you really want to do it, it's likely to work. But then it's easy for me to say that because I knew I could pay my right. mortgage. It's not yeah, so easy yeah. when somebody's, if you're just giving up your job, yeah. like, how do you pay for everything? Yeah, um, so, yeah we often talk um, about that as, like, what's your leap fund? Because you do need to, in some way, I think, buy yourself a bit of time to kind of get that business moving and get it going. And it's like, well, what's your leap fund? What do you need in order to be able to say, right, I'm really going to do everything at this and yeah. give this a go? Yeah, and and also it didn't it, we it didn't cost any money to set up an agency. We didn't have, mm, we didn't have yeah. to buy anything. We didn't we ran shoots and stuff. But because of the nature of our business, we were really lucky that people worked for very cheap or free because it was about developing opportunities for disabled people. So we were really lucky at the beginning, and we got a little bit of funding from Sheffield Hallam University because I'd I'd been a student there, and they'd got a little bit of money to support ex-students in setting up their own businesses so that really helped us. We obviously love co-founders and um, 
Claire and I have both run our own businesses before as solo founders, but we really recognize after two and a half years of working together just what you build in terms of capacity and capability and how as co-founders you can fuel each other's confidence. Like we're real advocates for women co-founding their businesses. We also know that that relationship, you know, Claire and I often talk about the fact we spend more time with each other than we do with our husbands. And, and, And we know that that relationship, like it doesn't work by accident. Like it works because you put effort into it and it's a valuable important relationship when you reflect on your relationship with Zoe what is it that makes that relationship work as co-founders within your business I mean first of all we were like really good friends and I guess a lot of people would say like oh my god going into business with your sister-in-law like what are you you crazy (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) but we'd had the idea together so it just like and we were obviously both passionate so we never felt afraid of, of that at all we're quite similar. We're quite extrovert and confident on the one level, but then quite relaxed at the other side. So just let things go, like don't let things get to you too much. And we have definitely have different skills, which have really been beneficial to the business. Like, so we won't mind me saying, but she d- would not like to look at a spreadsheet or a number at all in her life. <laughs> so like, I'm managing that side of things. Being a performing artist herself, she's obviously very creative and so she will manage the creative side of the Mm. business so that kind of has worked really really Mm. well I guess we're just lucky like that we do just get on and we're both very confident in the work that each other does like we don't need to look you know no we're not ever thinking what are you doing what are you doing like we just know we can just leave each other to to do whatever we need to do and I think if I was doing this on my own, I don't think I'd have enough time. Like we feel both feel so, so busy. If you tried to get that amount of busyness for one person, that would not be right. not um, sustainable, is it? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah, it wouldn't be possible. It yeah. wouldn't be sustainable. Like it would be too much for your mind, <laughs> I think, like to go yeah. with. But did you find that quite easily? Did you find like going, was it like a natural carving up of the roles as your business evolved? Or did you ever like sit down and say right, I think we should structure the business like this. We didn't, to be honest. That just naturally sort of happened. I think now, as we are actually getting busier, we probably do spend a bit more time like working out, you know, who's doing what, delegating, because we've got a small team as well. So it's like we work together to work out who we're going to delegate whatever else to everybody else and ideas, like which new ideas we're going to go with and which ideas we're not going to go with. And we do do that more now, but I think definitely the beginning, when it was just us two for quite a long time, then it just naturally happened. So this feels like a good opportunity to talk about what is the business and what's the change? Because it feels to me, it's more than a business. Like, and if we think of a business in the traditional sense of that it's there to make money, Yours is like so purpose-driven and so value-driven as well. It's like it's, I assume, there to be a profitable business, but also to be a disruptor and a change-maker. So talk to us about what Zebedee is about and what's the change that you guys are making in the world. I mean, just in case people don't really know too much about us, we're a specialist agency. We represent people who have disabilities or visible differences. And by visible differences, I mean people who might have albinism or alopecia or something that they look 
different to a typical <laughs> like person. I don't really know how yeah. to explain it, but so yeah, we, we represent those groups of people as an agency. So we're looking for work for them in fashion, beauty, TV, film, in front of the screen, basically. And we launched because we felt there was a lack of representation of those groups of people and that something needed to be done about it. I said before it was 2017 and pretty much it was incredibly surprising to see anybody with a disability featured anywhere. I mean, we'd had the Paralympics, so we'd seen sport people with disabilities and that was about it. It it was so rare So currently, only 0.06% of people featured in advertising have a disability. Which is just appalling, Um, isn't it? It's it's just insane. So looking at that statistic and looking at the bookings that we got in, we estimate that only 0.01 to 0.02% of people featured in fashion and beauty have a disability. So that is around one or two models booked for every 10,000. So it's it's really ridiculous. 20% of the population has a disability. So So it's it's obviously not representative. It's like, yeah, there's a huge disconnect between the reality of society and what is put in front of our faces. And that just feels completely wrong to us. Like, of course, diversity and inclusion for many, many advertisers is very, very important and it's on the tip of everybody's tongue and everybody knows that they have to be inclusive. You will get called out if you are not inclusive in your campaigns or your catwalk or whatever it is. However, for some reason, disability is completely left out of that diversity debate and it's like for such a long time just been acceptable to just ignore the fact that disabled people exist um, or people with visible differences exist. So we exist because we want that 0.01 or 0.02% to be at 20%. We want it to just be commonplace, to be the norm that this industry is inclusive. You know, of course, the main area of our business is representing our talent and trying to find work for them. And to do that, we spend a lot of time reaching out to clients, encouraging them to be inclusive, promoting our guys, educating people on kind of the statistics I've just given you and how easy it actually is to cast people with disabilities like you don't need to make very many if any changes to a shoot to be inclusive we do our own campaigns we hold regular shoots they're usually visual campaigns to kind of give the public and the press some awareness around disability and again to evidence that disabled people there's no reason why they cannot be included in, in this industry at all So this is what we do and why we exist. And looking back at 2017, when we first launched, like it was so, so hard. Like people just couldn't understand the concept a lot of the time. Like, what do you even, how does that work then? What do you mean disabled models? Like it was just so foreign to people's minds to think like a disabled person could be a model or an actor or whatever it was. We had some ridiculous conversations too. Now we are so, so busy and we do feel that we're at the cusp we call we're calling it an inclusion revolution mm. you know we're at the cusp of That's this great. disability mm. inclusion revolution and um i don't think it can go back now i yeah. think it can only go the right direction yeah. um for inclu- you know true inclusion but it's not been easy <laughs> how is that moment feeling for you because we've talked before about mm. this sense of you know you start out to address an equality issue 
and you begin and you feel like you're kind of having to say to the rest of the world, why don't you get this? Why don't you see this? And so there's a lot of sort of shining a light on the issue. And then suddenly you're consistent with your messaging and you're demonstrating a different way forward. And then you reach this sort of tipping point and this sense of, gosh, there's an energy around this business. There's something happening. And almost you can't control that. You've almost just got to roll with it. How how are you and Zoe finding that? Well, do you know what? Being able to have this conversation gives me time to reflect because we mm. never reflect on anything. It's just action, action, deal with this, deal with this, deal with this. So like we never sit back and we're like, oh, um, my God, like, wow, yes. what is happening <laughs> like what here? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's hard to know whether it was something that was going to happen in society, whether we just hit this at the right moment. You know, like mm. we started at exactly the same point as where people were just kind of starting to get it or whether we have been like one of the main drivers. But what I think we definitely have done is made it easier. So like people might have been thinking like, oh, maybe we do need an inclusive campaign. Maybe we need to be disability diverse. And, but we've made it easier for them to go, oh, right, here we go. Here's an agency that has so many different talent that we can book for this job. So, and we go through, going back to the question, we go through feelings of like completely, overjoyed and ecstatic that we've got this job booked and this brand is working with us and look how busy we are and look at how well this model's doing to why won't they book (laughs) like why why is it so slow like why is this not commonplace like what you know why do we have to fight so hard why there's some brands why does london fashion week still barely ever feature even one disabled model like is so frustrating but also at the same time really exciting um and it's kind of to do with so there's the change that you're creating from a client perspective so a representation perspective and bringing clients into the conversation to say you need to represent disabled people that needs to be a part of who we're seeing in front of us What was the conversation like on the other side? So when you were reaching out to disability groups or to people who are underrepresented, like what was their response to actually want to showcase you, want to see people like you on our screens? How were they responding to that messaging? The other thing that is driving us to be busy and to have a successful business is because we know all of our talent and it's personal. So Mm. we want to find them work we want to find them the opportunities we want this person to be busy we're excited if they get like they're working for Tommy Hilfiger you know we're excited for them so it is personal and it's a community that's something that we didn't realize was going to happen like we thought oh we're opening a model agency like we're that's the business but what's come from that is a community like all our guys know each other they all support each other you know, they're all interested in each of the stories. They f- follow each other on social media. We've had friendships, romances, you know, that's just come like organically, which oh, is like something that so we cool. never expected. Yeah. And yeah. it's really lovely. It's Team Zebedee. Everybody's like part of Team Zebedee. It's brilliant. And then going back to the question that you just asked, like when, like I said, when we launched, there was nobody doing what we were doing. So quite quickly, the whole community found out about us, you know, like because there'd been people in that community who had been re- trying to get into the industry for years, the whole life, whatever. And suddenly we were there 
which gave them the opportunity and hope that this could be something they could do. So like very, very quickly, we just were inundated with applications, people wanting to join us, people talking about us on social media and disability publications writing about us, the local press writing about us. We were on this morning quite early. So that just kind of, you know, everybody knew about us then, like following on from that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just been like, we have been searching for this for years. Like we had some of the first child models that joined us said we have reached out to every single agency and we've had a no from every single agency out there. And that was just typical, like disabled kids and disabled adults back then, it was very hard to get yourself agency representation. Um, I think things have improved now. I think like the, especially the kids agencies anyway, are taking on board that they do need to be inclusive and that's definitely become more commonplace. The adults agencies, probably not so much. Like, I get it. And they are running their business. Their business is running well as they run. Why change it? But that's why what you're doing is so important yeah. because it's uh, actually, unless anything is representative of the society we actually live in and we can all see ourselves somewhere, then there's always, yes, but it'll be better if. Like, so it might be doing great for them, but they're still missing the trick. But that's why the role that you play is so important. Mm. And you're at that forefront of you come onto the ship and we'll keep forging ahead because we'll keep having those difficult conversations Mm. with the people who will ultimate book you Mm. to challenge their thinking and to keep poking them about, well, why aren't you doing this? And what about this? And you're like safeguarding that community in some ways to say, we'll keep having that conversation on your behalf. So you just need to come over here and we'll we'll figure it out. Totally. We're advocates, you know, like we are advocating for the rights. Like disabled people are excluded from so many areas of society, not just, you know, on screen Mm. or in fashion or whatever. But it's like they're excluded from so many areas, from work, from education, from getting in a pub whatever it is so we are here to do that and it is a passion project for us to drive these changes and have these conversations with clients one of the problems why disabled people have been excluded from this industry is because people are a little bit worried about saying the wrong thing or not having the right set up at a shoe or getting it wrong like and so that has led to just exclusion, which is like, to me, the worst wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so we're here to kind of just advise like about what small changes you need to make to a shoe. I mean, every person is individual anyway. So every person that we have on a job has different needs. So we can just communicate those different needs to the team. And we're comfortable doing that. And, I, and you know, it's a thing, isn't it? Like people need to be, it, conversations are important. And people have been a bit worried, you know, like to talk about disability or so. But hopefully with it being more visible and as it becomes more visible on screen, people are going to feel more confident about talking about disability, which in turn should (laughs) encourage more people to be inclusive when they're casting. So, you know, your story is you started in 2017. You now work with 500 people across UK, Europe, US Australia, you work with incredible brands. Your clients have been in world class publications. Yeah. Like, if you take a moment to hear all of that, how does it feel? <laughs> well, it feels like a responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a way, like, yeah, yeah it, it's amazing. But, like, I guess this is why we're, it is a responsibility, isn't it, to keep doing this? But it's like, 
I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, I feel very, very proud of where our guys are featured. I feel proud of all of them. For Of course, we're here like we're the agency, but it's actually the talent who were there on the shoots proving themselves. Like we've never had any bad feedback about any of our talent. Do you know, like everybody gets such fantastic feedback. And I think it's because they're doing it. Like, I don't know the the exact reasons why models become models, but um, our guys become models because they are there to prove that they can do it, do you know, yes. and open everybody's, the world's eyes to their abilities. And it's like a different, reason we've had casting directors say like if they know they've got a day of Zebedee talent they know they're gonna have a good day yeah like it's a you know it's a different vibe Mm. yeah it's just brilliant listening to you honestly it's so it's really inspiring and I think and I I don't use that word in a like fluffy oh isn't it nice kind of way like Mm. it is trailblazing and it is going to change the world for the better and Equality is good for everybody. Mm. And that's one of the messages we always try to deliver in our work, which is, yes, we want to see more women entrepreneurs in the world, but this isn't just about women. It's about actually the impact of that is positive for everybody. And it's the exact same thing for you with your purpose. You know, this is about ensuring that everyone can see themselves in a publication or in the cinema or on a TV programme. It's so important. Do you know, like, the feedback that we get, so that we regularly ask for feedback from our guys, and even, you know, 10 years ago, it was so rare to see anybody with a disability, five years ago. Like, some of the talent have said things like, um, growing up, what I wouldn't have done to see somebody look like me, like, the impact on my self-esteem and feelings of self-worth and general wellness to yeah. have been able to see that representation just would have been such so important well it's life-changing um, it, like it really like, is yeah. life-changing yeah. it's yeah yeah and that, that's it it's not just impacting the our models and their families it's just impacting the whole wider society and the whole disabled community and furthermore like kindness and understanding can only be a good thing and inclusion can only be a good thing. So it's funny because I can't even think of myself as an entrepreneur. Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like? yeah. As we bring our conversation to a bit of an end, there's always a couple of questions that we'd like to ask everybody that we get to speak to. So I wondered if you could share either three top tips or wisdoms for women who are just starting up and thinking about starting their businesses. Yeah, well, I guess the first thing is the importance of the idea. So if you find yourself with a really good idea, then you've really got to look into that. Like, don't just forget about it, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and just like, oh, that, that wasn't, you know, run with it, Yeah, think about it and go with it. So that'd be my first thing. Like, if you've got an idea, you've got to think about that. <laughs> you've got to, like, grasp that idea. The second thing... It kind of runs from that, really. Like, if you've got a passion, I think your passion is going to drive your business. Like, it's going to (laughs) work and just run with that. The third thing is be prepared (laughs) to work very, very hard. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's even hard. It's just, like, a lot almost. Like, your mind is always going to be... I don't think my job is hard. Like, I know what I'm doing. It's Like, I know what I'm doing. It's easy. I just do it all day long. 
but it is like exhausting yeah (laughs) so be ready for that and I guess have the support structures around you like I don't do meditation or all these things that people would probably say like you need to have the me time you need to do this you need to but I do have things like my kids my dog my garden um, a glass of wine on an evening you know like just something to help you (laughs) along the way my partner, better not forget him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He came after the dog, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dog's just sat here. That, that's my excuse. <laughs> um, yeah, so you need things. Like, if it's not those things that I've listed, then maybe it is yoga or whatever it is, but there's, there needs to be something that can just take you away from Think working, in it basically. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And what about for women who, for entrepreneurs, business owners who find themselves in a position which you're in, which is as a result of your passion to create a change in the world and your grit to keep sending those emails and, you know, the fact that you have found a problem that needs to be solved and you then end up with a business that is growing and it's scaling and that's happening very quickly. What kind of words of advice or wisdom would you share for business owners who find themselves in that position? Well, I guess if you something that we've definitely found and like don't be afraid to outsource right. or like to bring other people onto the team because like you can't do everything. So if you are really we've got some brilliant bookers on our team. Um we've got Sue who's been with us like from quite early doors. She's so passionate. She just shares our passion as well. You know, she is so driven to get every single booking. So, like, it was, you know, an absolute, the right decision to get her on board. And then we've got Dom, our junior booker, and he's relatively new. But he's, again, really proud to be working for us and really driven. So it's a family affair. Like, I've got my my sister in Australia. She's managing the Australia office now. We Our team has grown quite a bit, but it was, I guess it's quite scary to recruit and grow team members but I think that has helped us grow we wouldn't have been able to grow like that unless we'd had people helping us and and we've got Alice as well who's who's doing our social media and press and that sort of thing because things just get missed if you don't have like things that you think like you prioritize what you think is the most important thing in your business so we always prioritize getting our models working but then we wouldn't prioritize like doing press requests or looking at our social media and like of course that's like so so important but it's not like the the thing that needs doing right now so for us that was definitely really important to help us grow To learn more about Laura and the work she and her co-founder Zoe are doing, why not head over to Zebedee Management to check them out. And for more know-how and inspiration on how to start, sustain and scale your business, hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Radicalist podcast. And next week, we'll be joined by Sarah Christie, founder of By Sarah Christie, an incredible brand that makes seductive handbags and accessories that are stylish, functional and desirable. It's a conversation not to miss. We'll see you then.